Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the Iman Wire podcast. I'm your uh, host, the editor-in-chief of Iman Wire, Muhammad Salim. So I'm joined here with uh, Shad Imam, who is the director of Qurtuba Institute, which is uh, with uh, Adams uh, Adam Center in the uh, in the Dulles area here in, in Northern Virginia, which I think is like everyone calls America's mosque. It's the, it is. It's like the best mosque in the country, I think. You know, uh, but uh, we want to thank him for being here. And then our other guest here is Dr. Miraj Mohiuddin, who is the author of the uh, new uh, book on the Prophet ﷺ called Revelation. You know, we're here for a Sira conference, and one of the things I think that comes to mind is our connection with the Prophet Sallallahu And for a lot of us, like from 20s to 30s, 40s, you know, we've all had sort of different experiences, and I think that we can all attest that some of them have um, anchored us towards the Prophet Sallallahu and some of those experiences with other people in our ed- Islamic education has sort of turned us away in a way. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's where we want to start to begin, because like I think of my own experience growing up, like in Sunday school, for example, and there were certain experiences they had which were negative and I can see how, how for a lot of people they were pushed away and they just weren't interested in it but then for me what happened is that there was a one or two teachers in particular that really just sort of just sort of brought me in yeah. when I was young mm-hmm. but if you pass that threshold of the teenage years and you're in your 20s or in your 30s and you never had that that experience that or that anchoring uh, person in your life where do you go from there? Because you, Maraj, you're trying to just bring people back to the to the love of the Prophet, mm-hmm. so to his story. We're, we basically have forgotten the message of the Prophet, so how do we get back to this? Well, I can speak from my own experience, and I'll tell you, A, it's, it's an honor to be here, and this is my first time in the Adams community, and it's just amazing to be uh, in your company and in, in Shad's company and so forth, so thank you for having me. I think... What I'm finding in my own journey is that there are so many different ways to get there. And for the longest time, you know, I grew up in an academic background and my father is a physician and a scientist. So I kind of approached it from the more you you know someone, the more you love them, which I still believe for everybody. But I'm realizing, you know, I was just sitting in uh, uh, um, uh, Imam Majid's talk just now. And there's so many different avenues to come to the Prophet. There's an emotional avenue. There's knowing him as a father and as a family man. There's knowing him from uh, my, you know, my approach is a little bit more cognitive, uh, you know, approach and understanding kind of how and, you know, why he operated in the way he did and so forth. And I'm realizing that uh, everyone's different. You know, we were just talking about, literally, we just walked out of a, a meeting right now, and Imam Maja was literally just talking about love languages just now. And everyone has love languages, you know, and some people like, for those of you who know that, that book on love languages, mm-hmm. you know, words and acts of service and so forth. And I think in many ways, I'm starting to realize just now. It's a, it was occurring to me in the lecture when we just stepped out of is that, you know, some of us maybe have different love languages mm-hmm. with the Prophet, also. Awesome. And that, like, you know, my love language personally for me is like what he did for me. So his acts of service for me really speaks a lot to me. But I do recognize that there are people very close to me in my own family who like they have a different love language than that. And maybe just going through and really getting into the amazing um, science of what he's done isn't as compelling to them as maybe an incredibly touching story between him and his wives, for example. And it's just something I'm just kind of knocking at the door at and realizing that not everyone speaks the same love language. And why shouldn't that theory of love love languages also 
um, relate to uh, your relationship. Sort with of like a one one size fits all. That, that's not a one size fits all. Yeah, it's not a one size fits all. Everyone angles. comes from a different angle, and I, and I'd love to hear like Shad's approach to this because you know I I um you know my background is I didn't really go to any kind of standardized Sunday school uh, growing up because we didn't really have that. So my parents are the ones who instilled. Uh, that love uh, for the Prophet in me. And I never really had that growing up, like that sheikh figure or someone who really was guiding my hand towards the Prophet. So maybe... I don't know if I'm, I'm the silent majority of the people listening. No, I think I think yeah. actually I think actually you're the majority. I think yeah. I think the majority of people didn't have that um, that early on, you know. Yeah. And, and I think that's you know that's where we're seeing a lot of the disconnect for people. Yeah, and I, I think you know your background, Mirage. I think. Uh, mirrors my own in so many ways and I think I can speak for probably a good chunk of us except you fulfilled my parents dream of becoming a doctor so <laughs> actually <laughs> you, know? you know he made it more, he made it so difficult for for all like the the people out there because not only he became a doctor but yeah. now he's like writing, so publish, writing all the, the problems so now <laughs> exactly. he's made it so hard for everybody. Way to go buddy thanks uh, but you know I, no it's very true I mean you know Sunday school education and, and in my case I had a certain amount of Sunday school and then actually my father decided what was going on at Sunday school was not really adequate from his perspective. And so he took, uh, you know, we started kind of a, a splinter weekly program just with a group of families, which retrospectively now I look back on my life and I think there, th- that was, there was a foundation there that he laid mm-hmm. forth that when I went into college and went to other places, I realized some of that foundation is already there. So when people are talking about the Sahih Sitta, like what are the six books? I did? My dad actually made me memorize that pretty early on, wow. not even realizing what a Hadith really was, yeah. right? But the foundation blocks were there. Um, I think for a large part, too much of our education, growing up especially, and, and, I, and I fear it's still the case today, is academic. It's all based on dates and places and numbers and people, and that's really what it is. But this holistic concept of education being fulfilling right, is gone. It, mm-hmm. It's not, it, it's, you know, we've compartmentalized, we compartmentalize everything in life, right, including, you know, the sciences that we're studying. Though the problem is when you compartmentalize the Prophet's life, alayhi salatu wasalam, it ends up, you don't get the full picture, you know, I mean, and it really is, if you just take his life in, for instance, 10-year increments throughout his life, you know, you divide up every 10 years, it, it's, you're like, you know, it's not anything really that impressive. But when you step back and you look at the seerah of the Prophet, alayhi salatu wasalam, then you have this, figure that emerges of someone who even through all the adversity, through all of the Trumpisms of his life, Mm. still was able to hold his head high with dignity and honor in everything that he did. And and that's a very powerful message that I feel like is is missing in much of our education, much of our textbook kind of, you know, academic rigor uh, around the prophet. I think one of the things is is that lack of intimacy, because as you said, it's like dates, it's numbers, you know, it reminds me of like when you're in taking U.S. history in high school mm-hmm. and, you know, it's just, you think it's just a bunch of dates. But, and I think that even today, especially there's people envision Islamic education as something I can just read from a book or something I can just learn from uh, an online lecture. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and all those things, all of those things are very important. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, but there's, I feel like there's this disconnect from, from actually interpersonal relationships yeah. and no, how I, we learn the religion. 100% Salim. In fact, you know, I, I would argue actually, um, and 
one of the things I did after after getting Miraj's book and really um, having alhamdulillah the opportunity to go through it was I, I changed the way in which at least at, at the Adam Center we were teaching Sira because I think we did focus a lot on the dates right and we were talking uh, when was he born 570 when did Wahi come 610 right? those types of things and what I realized is, you know, if I look at my own education, I look at, you know, my own teachers, whether it's Dr. Jackson, Imam Majid, um, you know, uh, and others, when I'm looking at that, I'm saying, you know what, it's not the dates that were so important, it's how they related mm. the life of the Prophet to me. And so I actually changed the curriculum in a way that, that you know what, I want people to start writing reflections. Mm. I, don't, I don't just want to give you dates. I want you to pull the lessons from his life that apply to you as an individual, because that's where it becomes meaningful. And that meaningful education, I think, is is something that we have to, in some we, in some ways, we've lost, and we've got to get back to making mm. education mm. meaningful. Again. Yeah, I, I love, I mean, like, uh, Miraj, when you do, we do that, um, if anyone hasn't seen it yet, uh, Miraj does a great, um, what would you call it, the synopsis of the, yeah. the Quranic year timeline where yeah. it goes through the whole, um, you know, chronologically ways to remember it. Um, but what I love most, actually, is, and I don't know if this is in your book. I think, no. I would say, I think in the second edition, you need to put this in your book. <laughs> but what he to. has. I'll tell you why. <laughs> okay, okay. Do you tell me why in a second? Yeah. Uh, because, yes, I actually know what you're going to say because it's your own personal reflection from that. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but I, what I loved is that as an example you give to us yeah. is that you have given those numbers of, you know, when an event happens, but you, you take a lesson from each year, yeah. you know, of isolation or this and that. Right. And I feel that that really, really connects you personally with the, the, right. the journey of the Prophet. Right. So right. You know, there's something that occurred to me while, Shad, you were talking about your experiences and also, um, Muhammad, while you're talking about your experiences also, is that, you know, like I just mentioned before, we just stepped out of a talk by Imam Majid. And I'm still like fluttering on this high. And I just realized that, you know, like you were saying, sometimes we're a little bit too academic about it. And what I'm finding in my own experiences, especially as I travel and meet other people, is that um, there is something uh, that I cannot um, overstate. The, the ability to be in the presence of people who have a strong connection mm -hmm. with the Prophet Islam is probably more profound on my heart and on my sensibility and my attachment to the Prophet than anything that I can possibly get my hands on yeah, and read. So true. And it's just something that I never experienced yeah. uh, repeatedly. As a, And there's something some, somehow different about it as a parent. You kind of have to like <laughs> see it outside of your family to really to feel it. But, you know, even when we were just talking about doing this podcast, I don't want to leave because I just want to be in the presence of yeah. the people Absolutely. like Imam Majid who are close to the Prophet yeah. because through his, like he was smiling the entire time. Yeah, he is exactly. talking about the Prophet and I feel like I am in the, in the happiness of the Prophet and there's something very powerful about this idea of like, I don't know what, it's kind of like the wajjah, this feeling of like your heart is being close to the hearts of people who are close to the Prophet. You know, it's like they say, we were talking about it yesterday or early this morning. It's like, if you really want to know the Quran, you have to know the Prophet That's the best way to understand the most perfect balanced manifestation of how the Quran comes to life. And in some ways, I feel like if you really want to know the Prophet you got to be around the people who are closest to him and love him. And that maybe that's like the best pull and introduction. I imagine that's kind of what your experience was. Yeah, in yeah, New definitely, York. definitely. Um, you know, I was with uh, you know Sheikh Mukhtar Magrawi yeah. for for, uh, for a long time. Alhamdulillah. Yeah. And, 
being in the sitting in the presence of someone like that or yeah. sitting in the presence of Imam Majid you can tell you yeah, can you absolutely. can attest to this. It's something completely different from listening to an online lecture yes. or listening to a CD. And I I was one of those people who consumes all that media yeah. and yeah. I still do. <laughs> And I should probably be going to more physical classes, but my, the times that I spent, <laughs> yeah, the times I spent with those, those, those blessed people, there's something that you cannot, I can't even put my finger on it, but it's something that is, it's in the, I would say it's in the unseen realm, yes. the you, connection between it, a it, teacher and a student. It's absolutely, and you know, it, it permeates beyond the books. And I think that that's what's really impressive. Like in, in all of my sessions with, that, that had been blessed to sit with him, imagine, I mean, when he starts sharing stories of his grandfather and sharing stories of his father, you, you feel, you feel this, this, almost like this aura and almost this powerful mm. kind of force that comes over. And you're like, you know, you, you, you want to be with those people, even mm. though they're, they're no longer here. And what I realized is the more time you spend with such individuals, it's not the content of information that's so important. It's the way that they carry themselves, the other with which yeah. they're approaching everything that they're doing, not yeah. just, and it, you know, it's something as simple as he could be teaching a class and a child interrupts the class. Yeah. We see it as an interruption, but he doesn't, right? Yeah. He sees it as a blessing yeah. and he, he comments on that blessing. And, and now you realize when you go back home, that's how you're going to see your own children. That's how you're going to see other people's children. It. That, right? that right there, like, so what you just said right there, I could read, you know, I say this often. I say there is, of all the attributes of the Prophet, the Psalm, the one that I feel the most lacking in is when I see him as a family man. Yeah. There's just something about he, like, he, like, he had the busiest schedule and he was dealing with the heaviest issues of the world. And yet he gave equal time and fair time to everyone and no one felt deprived of his time. And meanwhile, I'm, you know, I have one child, <laughs> yeah. alhamdulillah, mm-hmm. and one wife, alhamdulillah, and... <laughs> It's like I feel like I, I, I'm struggling to be fair in my time to them. And even if I read about how amazing he was, it's kind of hard to translate that. But when I see my teachers yeah. enjoying and, 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 you know, I see Shad holding his kid, alhamdulillah, and like running this course, it makes me feel like I need to go home and be that person. And so I think that that feeling of being around other people. Now, my question is this to you guys is let's keep this real. The vast majority of people might not have that. Right. Connection, or might not have that in their vicinity. Uh, maybe someone's like listening in, I don't want to name a place, but you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma. I don't know where people are, but like, they're like, well, that's great for you, for, you know, you guys at Adams Center, because you have all these amazing people here in DC or Chicago or Houston or Berkeley, but what about me? And and I think that's where you and your book comes in, because, uh, I remember, um, I can't remember which, uh, I think it was Imam Zaid, I think one time we were with him and, Someone asked him a question like that, you know, and, or asked him about, I don't, I don't have a sheikh. He said, your sheikh is Rasulullah Find that connection yeah. with him. Yeah. And there's people who have connected through your book. There's people mm. who connected through other books, mm. through lectures. The beauty of the Prophet Wasallam is okay. that he is, we've not seen him in this mm-hmm. world, but he's, we're connected, all of us are connected to him 1400 years later. Yeah. He connects, yeah. sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with everyone, mm-hmm. all of creation. Yeah. It's just you have to be able to open yeah. the, the receiving channel of your heart to, to, to make that connection. Yeah. So true. The efforts like your book, I think, are really powerful in that respect of how we can connect people who may not have that in their own, Inshallah. you know, community or their own. You know, I'll own. just add to that, just for, for whatever it's worth. There were times when even when I was writing with my own book where I feel like I wasn't connecting. Mm-hmm. So for whoever is listening out there, it's like I wanted something really badly and I didn't have a yeah. sheikh. Like I didn't grow up 
around that environment. And even in college, medical school, I just never had that. It's just, it wasn't even part of my mindset to look for that mm-hmm. or not even like a formal sheikh, but a teacher. I just never had that figure in my life. And I really wanted that from the Prophet. And it's not like it came like yeah. immediately or naturally. And it's why I always like, I love to talk about the story of Salman al-Farsi. It's like he was looking and yeah. looking and looking. Searching. And he traveled long and hard. But, you know, one of the things I believe in my heart is that, you know, it's just like when you take a step towards Allah and, you know, he's going to come running towards you. The Prophet Islam is also yeah. right there. Like, you know, I, I cannot imagine in my mind anyone who has that intense desire to come close is not going to be not deny that relationship. But sometimes the harder you work for it, yeah. I mean, Salman probably worked harder than anyone else yeah. at that relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, I can't quantify it, but like, I, I think it's pretty easy to say he would probably work the hardest or up there. And his reward for that is that the Ansar are fighting over him and the Muhajirin are fighting over him. And at the end of the day, the Prophet says, guess what? He's not for you and he's not for you. He's part of my family. So there is something in that, which is kind of exciting. You know, it's, it, as you're talking here, I'm just reminded, you're absolutely right. We don't, not, not everybody will have access to, you know, the scholarship and all of that. But one thing I think we just don't do enough of is really at an individual level reflect. Reflect on the Quran, reflect on the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, even find out about his life. And I think your, your book, Miraj, is, is, you know, leaps and bounds, takes us through that journey, right? That's what it is. And, and you know, it's one of, I, I remember um, a few years ago, I was studying with, with, when I was studying with Sheikh Faisal Madadar, one thing he mentioned was, you know, if you look at the end of Surah At-Tawbah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala refers to the Prophet Alayhi Salatu Wasallam as Harisun Alaykum, like he, it, it grieves him. He's, you know, it grieves him. Your, your condition really makes him sad. Mm. And this is a man who was, I mean, his transgressions were forgiven. Whatever little, you know, what, whatever mm. things that they're, they're forgiven. He, he knew Jannah. He knew God. He mm. knew what was coming. And yet in spite of all of that, yeah. the status of the people around him was what grieved him. Yeah. And so as the ulama used to say on this point, as he was teaching us was, there's no better friend you can have than the Prophet. Absolutely. Somebody who is worried about you before you were born, yeah. who is worried about your condition and your akhirah, even at, and mm. to the believers, he's, he's compassionate and merciful. And I think, you know, we're, we're in that time where many people don't know the Prophet, and, and, you know, you and I grew up, we all kind of grew up in a time where maybe there was just Martin Ling's. Right and his Sira book. Mm. Now, virtually, you can't go to any bookstore anywhere without having a shelf dedicated to people who have written things about the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So you mm. have a lot more resources available. And I would just encourage the listeners who who don't have that opportunity pick up a book on the mm. Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. You know, uh, pick up Revelation uh, mm. about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Pick up you know Tariq Ramadan's book. I mean, start going through understanding who he was, and slowly, I think what you'll see is even through self reflection. Um, and through du'a, of course, and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bring you closer to Him, you'll see that connection and that parallel being built. Um, and, and to Miraj's point earlier, through the Prophet wasalam, and, and through our love of Him, we'll be connected to others who love Him. Mm. We'll be connected to those individuals who yeah. can help us on this journey, help us connect better with our Lord, right? Taking Him as an example. Yeah. Um, Allahu alam. Yeah. I think one of the things that, you know, we've heard from our teachers is that when you make that attempt to connect, um, all this, all these things will come out yeah. from where you don't expect. Mm. You'll so find true. those people. Yeah, I mean, I've met so many people There's who no were question. looking yeah. for that, yeah. that guiding light. Yeah, and they were struggling and were struggling, and then it came, and then another came, and then another came. Yeah, that is the sort of the the rahma that 
uh, that Speaking of which, this is this is Muhammad Salim talking, who is the one who actually reached out to me. <laughs> exactly. And we were talking about my book maybe like three years ago, and he said, "Hey, I know a really nice guy you have to connect with. His name is Shadi Mom." So it's because <laughs> of him, that, yeah. Allah, that he's okay. he's uh, someone who brings hearts together. So so true, um, Subhanallah. Yeah. So if you were just to give um, the listeners out there who are trying to make that connection with the Prophet, mm-hmm. um, how is there some um, last piece of advice that you would say that they how what they should how they should approach it? Now, especially if they don't have that access to close scholarship. Uh, you know, on an individual level, I would say um, always begin with sending salam mm. on the Prophet wasalam, and and that's not a, it's not a book you read. It's not a, it's it's really about one person one person's journey starting and saying, you know what, the Prophet wasalam, he gave up a lot in his life so that I could practice Islam here in Sterling, Virginia, right, or wherever we are, and. Um, and I would attempt at least give salam. And, and that I think will help build that connection. And of course we know of the, the hadith and things like that about, you know, you sending salam upon him, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends 10 salam upon you. So even through that process, you're actually kind of giving yourself peace, right? By sending, um, but I think that it's important to have that. We don't take enough time today to really mm-hmm. reflect and send peace and blessings upon our beloved Prophet Muhammad and his family. And, um, I, I think it behooves us at least to start. That as a as a just a spiritual practice for ourselves um, on an individual level, it's I think it's a challenge sometimes to try to explain to people why that relationship is so important, mm-hmm. especially if maybe they haven't felt it for themselves. It's kind of like telling someone what they're missing, and it's hard to explain that to someone when yeah. they don't know what they're missing. So you can't really explain it. You know, if I tell you, oh, you have to try this fruit that you've never heard of, mm-hmm. if you don't know how good it tastes, you might not be that inspired to try it, no matter how much I talk about it. And so I'll just say this, you know, I have probably learned a lot from a lot of people. The person who so far has taught me probably more about my faith than anyone else in my life is my three-year-old. Um, <laughs> uh, and it's because I, my heart aches for him, good and bad. So like classic example for the parents out there. I mean, how many of you can just think about the first day of school when you had to drop your kid off at school, mm-hmm. right? I personally cannot drop my kid. If you ask my wife, she has to do all the heavy lifting. I cannot drop my child off at school on the first day of the school year because I will just start bawling. Mm -hmm. Because I can see the tears in his eyes and he's reaching for me. And he's like, how can you abandon me? You know, this is the story in my head. Every parent knows the story. So I make my wife do all the heavy lifting. She'll drop him off. Then she'll call me. She'll be crying. Then I'll start trying to be strong for my wife. But this is a three-year-old who's got a wonderful day in a totally protected environment who's going to have lunch and nap time and everything else. And yet we have that much concern and love for a three-year-old. Now imagine for a second, I'm just trying to contextualize in some way. Uh, now imagine if that three-year-old talks to his other three-year-olds and he ha- he has no idea that, you know, his mom has to be strong for him. So she can't cry. That's rule number one. You drop a kid off, you don't cry in front of the kid because then everyone's going to start crying. So the mom has to walk away and be strong. That's all that the kid sees. The kid, or my son, he has no idea that my wife is crying in the parking lot mm-hmm. because she loves him so much. She wants to make sure that he's, his, he doesn't feel abandoned and she knows that mom is coming back in the day. But he doesn't know that. That, what was, what did you just uh, say from, was it from Surah Tawbah? Yeah. And what was it? He, that he, Harisun alaykum, that he was, he grieves over them. He grieves over for their, them. For their condition. Right? Yeah. Now mothers are grieving over 
um, it's a kind of a harsh word, but they're crying over their children. They're just worried. They're, they're just worried, worried yeah. about their mental state. And they feel like, oh, they'll, maybe they'll be abandoned. And was mommy going to come home? And mo- the mom is crying. Then she called dad. Dad's crying now at work. I remember being in the operating room. My wife's crying, talking <laughs> to me. And I'm like, honey, I can't really talk right now, but I'm <laughs> crying inside. The kid will never know that because they're just dealing. They don't know how much their parents love them. Yeah, so true. And and if another kid said, "Man, you should you should really appreciate your mom because she's loving you," but if he doesn't see that, he'll just take it at face value, yeah. right? Now imagine that love that we have for these children who are our own children, and how intense that love is. And then imagine the love of the Prophet for us. And you know, his his love is so much more than even the, our own love for our own children. For me. And then when we're turning around and be like, yeah, I'll get to that relationship when I get to it. Yeah. And he's grieving over us. It just helps me contextualize. And I just realized, wow, I, I can't imagine loving anything more than I love my child with the intensity. It's a different love than a spouse. Mm-hmm. But no one do I love more intensely in my close network than my three-year-old. Yeah, right? So. Uh, and then just imagine for a second that the Prophet has this intensity a hundred times over for me. And then I'm not going to turn around and like look him in the eyes and... And run to him and say, I'm, I'm coming home to you. It's just, that's, that's kind of. You know, I, I would say just from a practical perspective, um, I think it, it is, there are, like I mentioned earlier, there, I think there are some really good resources that we have available now for people to at least start down the journey of mm. getting to know who the Prophet Sallallahu was. Medina Institute has, has published Wasail al-Rasul, which is basically a book of the attributes of the yeah. Prophet, yeah. how he carried himself, his character. We have revelation that gives you a good context and overview of what happened in the Prophet Sallallahu's life in a detailed yeah. fashion, who the players were. We have Tariq Ramadan's in the footsteps of the Prophet mm-hmm. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Again, another really good kind of 250-page overview uh, of the Prophet's life. We have Jonathan Brown's Muhammad, yeah. a very short introduction. Mm-hmm. But these are, these are all resources that that the Muslim community is putting forth, saying we want to take back our narrative. Yeah. We want to take it back yeah. from the Orientalists. We want we want our people and others to know who the Prophet is from our perspective. And and just starting down that path, I think, is always good. Now, anytime you can get your hands on a Sita class with Dr. Jackson, or the, you know, if you've got other other types of programs in and around, I mean, take advantage of those because that really, you know, to our point earlier, when you when you study it with someone who's in, who's you know really imbibing the love of the Prophet it takes it to a different level. Yeah, it really takes and, it to a different level. And I believe in my heart, I really believe this. When you start on that journey to, towards Him. Uh, you know, Allah is the one who arranges all affairs. And he's, and I believe, at least in my own journey, he arranges for me to be with people who are on that path. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a group of cyclists who are biking alone, but somehow they all gather together in the peloton and they start, because you're just, your heart is naturally inclined to be with people who love the same thing that you love. And so, yeah. you know, that's what I found in my own journey. I mean, the fact that I'm sitting, you know, I get to sit with you guys now and we <laughs> never, you know, Shad and I never knew each other. Knew yeah, what connected it? It's just the, it's, it's, it's a love of And that's yeah, what connected yeah. the companions. That was like the magic. Yeah. Stardust that they had, and, and you know, and I mean, so, and his his one of his one of his many amazing attributes is is you know something you guys mentioned earlier is he's connect he connected with people at their level, yeah. right? I mean, he saw a woman grieving over the death of a child, and and he he didn't berate her for for he just you know when she said you don't know what I've been through, he just walked away, and mm-hmm. he recognized her yeah. psychological state. Yeah. And I think as a Muslim community. We got to get back to that empathy. We've got to get back to recognizing yeah, everybody's yeah. on this journey in a different way, shape, or form, and different, mm. maybe at a different speed. Mm. We got to meet them where. Yeah, they're I, I think it's 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 
his Solaris was a relationship, but then it was was nuanced. Yeah. Like every single person. It wasn't a generic. It was so yeah. specific to every. He knew yeah. that each person so well. Uh-huh. Knew what that person is coming from. Knew what that person had to hear. And that's, I think, as as a Muslim's community today, that's what we've lost. We've lost that interpersonal nuance with one another, and we think that, well, yeah, I can so just true. have my, uh, you know, one approach fits all approach, which right. I think this, you know, educationally, especially in our community, we've tried to, you know, spoon feed in a certain way. But mm. everyone, as you've said, everyone has a, will eventually have a different approach or may have a different approach. Um, and I, I think Shad, I think to, to close on your point, I think what you said is the salawat. Yeah. I think that Allah that it is definitely. Um, I think we can all attest that is, it can do it at any time. It can do it at any time. You know, Allahumma salli alayhi. It's, it's the best dua, it's the best dhikr that we can make. And I think that is the, probably the best way we can mm. close this. Allahumma salli alayhi. You know, Allahumma salli alayhi. Um, I want to thank, um, our, my dear brothers, Shad Imam, Dr. Maraj Mahayuddin for this very, um, enlightening conversation. I want to thank about you, Salim. Thank uh, you for pulling us together. Oh, well, right? yeah. well no, you know, this is, this is what I do. You know, <laughs> I just go around and try to find lovers of the Prophet <laughs> to talk does. about. He's you a know, lover. He's a lover, <laughs> folks, not a fighter. He's a lover. <laughs> so I want to thank all the listeners out there, um, to listening to this, uh, podcast. Um, please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. Um, you can check out our website, imamwire.com, uh, for the um, latest articles and podcast episodes. And if you have any questions, comments, feedback, uh, you can tweet at me at Iman Wired. Thank you again. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.